0: 38 from Pennsylvania's 20. Under three to play in the first. Torgerson, under pressure, looking around, he's sacked in the backfield. Ball's loose. Slate's going into the end zone. Touchdown, Fordham. A scoop and score for Fordham. Hancock knocked it loose, and the Rams are back on top in the Bronx. It's 13-10. Second down to 12, the Rams are now going from left to right. Three wide receiver set, two out left, one to the right. Niebrick, a plate fake. Looking over the middle. Going deep ball down the middle. And this one is caught for a score to Bucky Jones Jr. In the middle of the end zone, 37 yards out. And Fordham extends the lead. It is 20 to 20-10. Jones Jr. has more touchdowns this year than he did all of last season. That's his fifth. Fordham inside Pennsylvania territory. First and ten. Play fake for Niebrich. He's going to air it out. Deep left side. Has a man. And this one's caught by Jones Jr. 15-10-5. And there's another score to Bucky Jones Jr. The buck is money. And he's having himself a ball game in the Bronx. First and ten for the Rams going from left to right. Four wide receiver set. Two to the left and two to the right. Niebrich takes the snap. Drops straight back with some time. Airs it out over the middle. Ajala's wide open across midfield. He's loose at the 30, the 20. Goodbye, Sam Ajala. Touchdown, Fordham, 80 yards to the house. Michael Niebrick having himself a game today. Hooking up with the King Ajala, 34-13 Fordham. Good evening ladies and gentlemen, this is Monday Night Quarterback, thanks so much for being with us on WFEVsports.org, coming to you live from Fordham Plaza, Applebee's, great Monday night alongside Kenny Ducey, DJ Sixsmith here, head coach Joe Moorhead, coach coming off a bye week, a great win over Pennsylvania, getting ready for Lehigh, thanks so much for being with us, I'm sure you're... Just rearing to get back going for another week of Fordham football. Yeah, definitely great to be back, guys. Appreciate it. So, Coach, let's take a step back and look at that Pennsylvania victory. Just an all-out offensive assault. Early on in that game, though, 10-7 to in favor of Pennsylvania. What changed in that second quarter, late in that first quarter, that got your team finally awake?
1: You know, we uh, struggled to get, it, get the momentum going a little bit offensively. Uh, they came out and gave us some different looks from a, a front perspective that, that we uh, were not anticipating. So it took us a little bit of a while to get used to that. We drove the ball down a little bit and had a fumble. But, um, you know, uh, Austin Hancock's sack and DeAndre scoop and score was really the catalyst and I think it was a great momentum changer to get us going offensively. And after that, we, you know, started moving the ball pretty well, you know, on the ground and in the air and, you know, had, had a lot of success.
2: Now, coach, you talk about the slow starts that game. You did score it twice, but it was fourteen ten after one, and that's kind of been a theme all year. As you guys have been able to get it going, in especially in that second half, but the first has been a little difficult to kind of get going. What have you guys been doing to uh, try to help that come along?
1: No, we I know we've we're, we've been outscoring the opposition in the first quarter uh, by a significant amount. But you know, the past few weeks we started a little bit slow, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So you know, people, um, you know, as the year you know, moves on and they get more film on you, you know, try to give you some different looks and that maybe you've seen on tape and it takes a little bit of while to get adjusted Uh, And maybe some things you haven't seen or the kids are communicating to each other, communicating to us, or we're seeing from up top. So, you know, that's probably some of it. Some of it's a lack of execution. Um, But, you know, I think, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, we we definitely have to have stronger starts. Coach, this was a game when your
0: running back, Chase Edmonds, didn't have the best stuff early on, but still was the threat of him enough to open up the passing game because big ball to Ajala down the field to Bucky Jones at two touchdowns was the threat of Chase enough to get the defense thinking about him in order to open up that long pass. Yeah, he didn't
1: have a huge day like he's had you know, earlier in the year. He did account for over 100 yards rushing, but uh, Penn definitely made a commitment to uh, you know, get, get numbers to the box and, and, and stop the run. Um, but that created some advantageous matchups for us on the perimeter uh, with some one-on-ones with, with our receivers, uh, which we like. And, uh, you know, it's you know, we were stable, able to run the ball with, with with some success, not like we had in the past. But, you know, when, when people were you know, committing that type of numbers to stop their run, they're leaving, they're leaving their guys out on an island on the perimeter. And, and the line did a great job blocking. Receivers ran great routes, and Michael did a great job distributing the ball to them.
2: And I know you have all the confidence in the world in Michael Niebrick, but did you think he could pull out a 36-completion, 566-yard, 6-touchdown day?
1: Uh, I. When Mike was interviewing me at halftime, he told me that Michael had 450 yards at halftime, and I had, I had no idea that was the case. But, uh, you know, Michael's done a great job improving every week since the Villanova game, and that we're just asking him to build off of the things that he's done the week before. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we do... A, Pretty good job putting a game plan together. Coach Browner does an excellent job coaching them, and Michael does a, you know, great job in his preparation and really, you know, takes what the defense gives him. So I think, you know, when you when you combine all those factors, it gives you the opportunity to, to have the type of day that he had against Penn.
0: Coach Moorhead, there are a bunch of great plays in that game. Let's take a listen to one. This is to Bucky Jones scoring his first touchdown of the game on a great pass from Michael Niebuhr. Second down to twelve. Of the Rams are now going from left to right. Three wide receiver set. Two out left. One to the right. Nebrick a play fake, looking over the middle, going deep ball down the middle. And this one is caught for a score to Bucky Jones Jr. In the middle of the end zone, 37 yards out. And Fordham extends the lead. It is 20 to 20-10. Jones Jr. has more touchdowns this year than he did all of last season. That's his fifth. Third down and six. T- so, Coach, it seems like this year Tabucky has had a greater tendency to get down the field. What worked on that play specifically?
1: You know, they were in a, a uh, you know, quarters coverage concept to the field um, and a half concept to the boundary, and we ran a play action off our most, most successful run play, our, our split zone action. And, uh, you know, the same linebacker folded into the box, and it was a double post concept. So Brian Wetzel did an excellent job excellent job on the uh, the inside, you know, pulling that safety out of there and really giving, giving Tabucky a one-on-one with the outside corner. And uh, Brian or Michael threw it over top of the, of the inside safety and Bucky one inside, so uh, it was it was, a, it was a good job by those guys executing the play. Has there been anything different this year
2: coverage wise with Ajala last year having such that monster year? Has Tabucky been able to maybe get open a little more?
1: That's that's something actually Sam and I were talking about on the field yesterday at practice that you know with the success Sam had last year, obviously, and it's not like Brian and Tabucky have bad years. They were both thousand yard receivers, but. We are seeing a little bit more of a, a rotated coverage of Sam, whether it be a cover two look where they're keeping a the cloud over top of them or doing some things to you know, kind of compensate for for those one-on-one matchups to the boundary. So it is creating, you know, and I think that's the beauty of our, of our offensive system, that if you try to take away one aspect of it, whether it's, you know, you try to play cover two and take away the pass, we're able to run it successfully. If you're going to commit numbers to the box and you know, try to take away the run game, we like our matchups on the perimeter, but certainly teams – uh, because of Sam's ability and the success that he's had last year and this year have, uh, have double-covered him with a little bit more frequency than we've seen in the past. You can't double-cover everyone, and <laughs> yeah. that's the beauty of it.
0: Sam Ajal had a monster game. He finally found his way to the end zone. Let's take a listen to his 80-yard score that really changed the game. First and 10 for the Rams going from left to right. Four wide receiver set, two to the left and two to the right. Nebrick takes the snap. Drops straight back with some time. Airs it out over the middle. Ajala's wide open across midfield. He's loose at the 30, the 20. Goodbye, Sam Ajala. Touchdown, Fordham, 80 yards to the house. Coach, this is a play where Sam makes the catch around the 50 and then just does it himself. So just describe what it means to have a guy not only with big hands like that but can break away and get all the way to the house.
1: You no, know, that's one of the basic tenets of our offense is to get our speed and space. And you know, They were in a cover two concept there. Uh, Brian Wetzel did a good job pulling the field safety out of there. Marcus Jones did a good job pulling the boundary safety to the uh, sideline, and Sam ran a good skinny post route. Michael threw it in behind the Mike linebacker, and you know Sam's you know athletic ability did the rest. So it was a you know well executed play by all the guys. Line did a great job blocking, and Michael you know put it on him, and you know Sam, like I said, he did the rest.
2: Now, Coach, switching over to the defense a little bit, because we spent certainly a lot of time, and it, you know, where credit is due, to the offense, but just 22 points allowed, just three in that second half, a shutout in the fourth quarter, uh, I mean, what's been the biggest key for you guys
1: this year? Now, defensively, I think, you know, the St. Francis game, we gave up some rushing yards, and Dixon, as you look back at it now, you, you didn't know at that point, but Kyrie Dixon leads the country in rushing, so pretty good running back, you know, certainly uh, Villanova was a debacle on every level, on, on all three phases of the game, but... You know, we've been playing very good run defense. Uh, we've been getting numbers to the ball. We've been tackling very well fundamentally, um, and we've been playing well in critical down situations on third down in the red zone. And I think when you're able to stop the run like we've been doing, and you you have the type of uh, skill on the back end where you can can man up and get numbers to the box to stop the run, I think that's really allowed us to you know to play with a lot of a lot of emotion, a lot of energy, and, and you know really concentrate on stopping a run while 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 limiting the explosive plays in the pass game. This is
0: Monday Night Quarterback coming to you live from Applebee's in the Bronx, along with Kenny Ducey, DJ Sixsmith here, talking with head coach Joe Moorhead. Coach, you didn't have Victor DeFusco in that game, and he's been your leading tackler this season. Denard Pinckney stepped up and had one of his best performances of the year. What allowed him to be so successful, and what was it like seeing Denard play so well at linebacker after making the transition to the middle?
1: No, it's great. You know, Denard's a kid that's kind of bounced around a little bit, played some safety, played some same linebacker. You know, now we have him in at Will, and you know, the great thing was Austin. Austin Hancock's able to play either the inside linebacker positions, so he bumped over from Will to Mike, and you know, one Patriot League Defensive Player of the Week, and Denard did a great job. Double-digit tackles, had an interception, had some tackles for loss. You know, you know, it's like we say, next man in. So Victor went down, and you know, we, we we slid Denard in there, and obviously, you know, George has stepped in for Steven, So I'm very you know pleased with our linebacker core, and particularly Denard, who's you know, in his senior year has that urgency and now he's finding himself in a very significant role and he's been very productive. So I was very happy to have to see Denard have a day like he did.
2: Now on the pass rush, Brett Biestek has been uh, just tremendous for you guys all year. What strides has he made this season in particular to get to that next level and be a really disruptive rusher?
1: You know, I, I think, you know, The big thing with Brett, really, his improvement this year hasn't, I mean, he's done obviously an excellent job rushing the passer and getting sacks and things like that, but that's something that he's done successfully, you know, in our three years here. I think Brett's biggest improvement um, as a player individually and as it pertains to helping our defense has been his run defense. He's really done a great job this year, improving his physicality, doing a great job with some of the uh, run schemes that we see and, you know, turning the ball back into the linebackers or spilling it out to the safeties. And, you know, um, playing within the construct of the defense, and you know he really didn't have a ton of tackles in the first few games. And told him, just keep doing your job. The plays will come to you. And you know, when he's he's had his opportunities, certainly the past two weeks, he's done a, a he's had a very productive um, performances both stop, rushing the passer and in the run game. Coach
0: Moorhead, let's talk Lehigh now. This is a different type of Mountain Hog squad than you're used to facing. 1-5 this season, just got the first victory against Cornell. Still going to be a tough game at Lehigh, but what are your initial
1: thoughts going into this one? What's going to be the toughest thing about winning a Patriot League game on the road? Uh, regardless of what this, this year's record says for Lehigh, I mean, you look at all of their games, whether it be James Madison, Yale, Monmouth, all those games, they were either one-score games or very closely contested mm-hmm. going into the fourth quarter, and they were winning some of those games. Uh, so I think one in five mes- ne- might not necessarily be indicative of the type of team that they have and from a historical context you look at a team you know since Patriot League play began they have over a, a 700 winning percentage 10 Patriot League titles um, 23 and 3 against us all time and we're 0 and 13 at Goodman Stadium so uh, we've never won there so it, it, this is certainly going to be a, a huge challenge for us and coach Cohen and his staff do a great job you know they, they're very well coached and have a bunch of uh, you know talented players on both sides of the ball. So until we're able to beat them there, you know they're, they're kind of the, the standard bearer for this conference.
2: Taking out the Villanova loss, um, could you ask for a better position to be in going into the heart of Patriot League play with these four games in a row? now, you're two and zero in conference and six and one overall in your offense. Clicking on all cylinders in your defense, just coming off a great performance line, just 22 points to Penn.
1: No, I think we're in a good spot. But, you know, as as our kids know that our performances, whether the good ones or the bad ones, the Villanova or the Penn, you know, they're not necessarily going to have any bearing on the outcome of the Lehigh game. But it certainly is to – it is good to be playing on an upward trend, you know, on – you know all three phases of the game going into this game because we're certainly going to need it. Do
2: you feel like you kind of needed that Villanova loss almost, cause especially with the, the yeah you know, we're twelve and zero to start last year, and just to kind of make maybe a wake up call to show that well things can go poorly like they did.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> certainly don't want to say that we needed it because I, I want to go undefeated, <laughs> right. you know, and, and win every game. But I I will say this: it really opened our eyes to some of the things that maybe uh, we weren't paying strict attention to as a team in terms of our preparation that. You know, like you said, the postseason accolades, the preseason accolades, the, um, you know, lopsided first win over St. Francis. And I think maybe we, we lost track for a week or so of, of the things that it takes to be successful in terms of your preparation and giving you the opportunity to, to take the field and give great effort and execute. And, you know, you don't want to suffer a loss like that. But like you said, in the long run, uh, you know, it's certainly uh, we, we learned a valuable lesson from it. Coach Moorhead, it seems like the first two years
0: you were here, you're able to catch teams by surprise with your offensive schemes. What you were doing offensively had so much success. Now that Lehigh, other teams have had a couple years of tape on you, does it make it harder to game plan? Are there certain challenges with that, or is it just something that you're used to at this point and that you're willing to take along with everything else?
1: No, I, I think, you know, the the our base scheme has remained the same, you know, over the past uh, three seasons, but. You know, like everyone else, you you don't want to be stale. You want to continue to grow and evaluate the things you're doing, and make some subtle changes. So, I'd say the uh, you know the foundation of our offense is the same since 2012, but there's a lot of variations and new things that we put in, and certainly game plan specific things. Where if you see a certain coverage, a certain front, a certain blitz, you're gonna you know put on. You're not gonna change your scheme wholesale week to week, but there are certain things within the scheme that I think what we have the flexibility with what we do because we don't run a million formations. We don't run a million different plays so that allows you to tweak a couple things here you know throughout the week and, and it not be a major you know kids don't blow a circuit you know what I mean you make a couple changes and you know they, they take it in stride and go with it so uh, yeah I think um, you yeah, know I think we've been able to adapt
2: Now coach on, on Lehigh's side of the ball you look at Nick Shipnicki and he is another one of those tricky dual threat quarterbacks he didn't throw any interceptions last week he didn't make any mistakes how do you guys make him make mistakes this week yeah, I, th- I-
1: I think you got to, you know, he's he's a kid that's had some success throwing the football. I believe Over 1,300 yards passing, somewhere in that range, eight touchdowns, nine interceptions, 398 yards rushing, second-leaning rusher behind the Sudeke kid. So he's certainly a guy that they, they rely on to make plays through the air because Lehigh has been a team that traditionally throws the ball very well. But they're not afraid to use him in the run game and called quarterback runs. So, you know, just like any week, you got to have a good, you know, solid plan in place and, you know, not give him... You know, you can't give a good player like him the same look every time. So you, you just got to make sure that you're varying the things that, 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 that he sees and, you know, changing the coverages, changing the looks, and, you know, not letting him really get a beat on what you're doing.
0: All right, Coach, break it all down. Let's put it simply. What are your three most important keys to getting that seventh victory against Lehigh on
1: Saturday? Number one, take care of ourselves and have a great week of preparation and play with great effort and execution. And I'd say the things that really are, are to um, – Things that are most imperative to success are winning a turnover battle, winning the explosive play battle, and then winning critical downs, being great on third down and being great in the red zone. All right, there you have it, folks. The 6-1 and one Fordham Rams play at Lehigh this Saturday
0: afternoon. Coach Moorhead, thanks so much for the time. Always yes, appreciate it.
1: Always great, guys.
0: Thanks a lot. All right, so there you have it, folks. Coach Moorhead will get ready for his team. A tough one this weekend against Lehigh, and we'll keep the show rolling here. Monday Night Quarterback coming to you live from Applebee's on Fordham Plaza along with Kenny Ducey, DJ Sixsmith here. Tim Carey is going to join us, talk a little defense with us. And, Kenny, what a difference a couple weeks makes for the Fordham defense.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially just three points in that second half, it was a big outing. And Brett Biestek,
0: Austin Hancock, a couple of huge pieces on that squad. All right, so Tim Carey, defensive backs coach, is here. Coach, welcome aboard. And, Thank you, know, you. First time we're talking to you this season, so obviously it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride for the defense, but you have to be impressed with the way your guys have responded after a couple of weeks and really tightened things up to be one of the best defenses in the entire Patriot
3: League. Yeah, the guys have done a great job uh, buying into the system and, and making some corrections to some things that gave us some issues early on. Um, you know, So you put that together with uh, you know some talented guys and some guys with a lot of experience, and and we've had a little bit of success. So obviously, you know, still work to be done, but we're happy with, with how far we've come so far. We were talking to Coach Moorhead about
2: Brett stack and his strides as not only a pass rusher, but this year um, being very good run defense. How important is that for him to, to add that to his game?
3: Oh, it's huge. I mean, I think, you know, from some of the stuff that we saw in film from last year, uh, that part of his game was really lacking, and, you know, he was dynamic rushing the passer. That, that was never a question, but... You know, from what he's been able to do has been a huge help for us uh, defensively, being able to stop the run uh, week in and week out. Uh, That's been an integral part, uh, you know, having him there, uh, being able to set edges and and knock tight ends backs and those types of things.
0: Coach, you have the great pleasure of working with some of the best defensive backs in the country. And let's start out with Ian Williams and this, this, you know, spectacular season he's had. How has he taken strides this year and just hit on some of the best things that Ian is able to do, whether it's from a leadership perspective, a physical perspective, what makes him such a dynamic corner?
3: I think, uh, you know, the first thing uh, about Ian is he's just a tremendous worker, um, you know, and, and has been since day one. And, uh, you know, when, he, when he's in here, he's always working hard in the weight room. He's always one of the first guys out there on the field. If we're doing any type of running drills, he's going to be one of the first guys to finish anything like that. Uh, so, obviously, when you have that type of work ethic, uh, the sky's the limit. And then athletic ability-wise, um, you know, he has all the tools. Um, you know, he's tall, he can run, he's athletic. Um, so, you know, you kind of put all those things together, and, you know, he, he, he never is satisfied with himself. So continually working, and, and every year you see a better product out there on the field.
0: Ian Williams had a major game last week against Penn. Let's take a listen to one of his spectacular highlights from the ballgame. Just under two to play, first quarter, for a four-point lead. It's 14-10. Quakers go from left to right. Second down and 11 from the 43 of Penn. Two wide receivers out right. Torgerson's going to throw in the middle of the field. Tosses in. This one nearly intercepted, and now it is. Williams deflected it, and LeVon Williams, his first interception of the year, nearly bobbled out of his hands, but Fordham gets the football right. Coach, it doesn't matter if it's Ian Williams, LeVon Williams. To have ball hawks like that, how does that change things defensively And what you're able to do?
3: Well, I think it gives you uh, a lot of flexibility in terms of what type of coverages you run, and also makes you feel good anytime you see them dropping back and putting the ball in the air. Um, You know, those guys are able to make plays, you know, because, you know, not because of scheme, but just because they're good players. And anytime you have that, that makes you feel pretty good as a coach and makes your job a lot easier.
2: And this is the first time, obviously, we've talked to you this year, so we haven't had a chance to
3: bring up Jordan Chapman, who's had a big year for you guys. What's been different with senior year, Chap? I think uh, you know Jordan was a guy that came in and, and he hadn't played a lot of football. You know, just played one year in high school. Physically, probably wasn't as developed as some guys. So you know, when you put him, look at him four years down the line from that, he's just made huge gains. And now is the year um, where physically and uh, he, you know, mentally all that stuff has come together. I mean, last year he had a tremendous year as well. But you know, this year he's really, really hitting his stride, which is great for us.
0: And coach, what's the dynamic been like with Coach Hulie? First year he's here. You've obviously been here for a couple of years. How Have you guys sort of gelled your styles together to make sure the defense is where you both want it to be?
3: Uh, well, Coach Hooley and myself actually have uh, been great friends for a long time, and we've worked together in the past. So, uh, you know, the transition was pretty pretty easy. Um, we both have very similar ideas in terms of what we're looking to do defensively, and you know, it was a matter of fitting those with obviously the kids that we had here and the scheme that we already had in place. You know, and just kind of making some minor tweaks and. And, and making it our own, um, so you know that part of it was uh, actually pretty easy, and, and, and it seemed to work uh, pretty seamlessly so far. Now, I, I brought up
2: the Villanova game, the Coach Moorhead. I think we're like we're five weeks away, we're five removed. <laughs> <weeks>, maybe it's <laughs> we're still talking far enough <laughs> in the past that we can like start to talk about it as being yeah. a learning lesson. But yeah. I mean, what is the lesson that that defense, you know, losing by forty-four points learned from that game?
3: You know, I think that uh, you know, anytime you have a, a, a game like that you kind of can see how, you know, the smallest things that happen, you know, can turn into kind of a a mess real quick, you know, for a defense. So, you know, if you have one guy doing something and he's not doing what he should do, that might not be a big deal. But now when you play a team like Lehigh, one guy doesn't do it, and then the second guy, and then the third guy, and all of a sudden, you know, things kind of start to get away from you. So, you know, I think what it kind of taught our guys was the importance of all the little things and doing everything right on every single play and just how important every single guy is. Um, But also it it taught them, you know, hey, we still have work to do to get to where we want to be. And, uh, you know, we need to come out with that mindset every single practice and every single time they're watching film.
0: Talking with Coach Tim Carey here, defensive backs coach on Monday Night Quarterback. And, Coach, one of the guys that was back there in the defensive backfield with you last year was Denard Pinckney, and now he's moved to the middle of the field and, Obviously, with Victor DeFusco hurt last week, he had a major game. So why do you think he's been able to have so much success this year at a new position in the middle of that defense?
3: Well, I think, you know, Denard is a, is a great athlete, and he's a very smart kid um, on the field and off the field. So, you know, anytime that you have uh, the ability to learn new things quickly, that's going to make a position change easier. And, uh, you know, I think his physical tools are, are more suited to playing linebacker. Uh, than they are to play in defensive back. Um, and, you know, but, but in all honesty, when he was a defensive back, I mean, he was one of the smartest guys I had. He, he knew what everyone should do, and I think, you know, having that knowledge base and then moving down there, getting enough reps uh, during practice and now in games um, has really made a big difference for him.
2: Well, what do you have to change, maybe even just physically, to become a linebacker from that DB spot? Well,
3: there's definitely a lot more... Uh, it's a much more physical position. So, you know, for us, you know, as defensive backs, we're primarily uh, working on taking on blocks from wide receivers. And now you're talking about taking on blocks from offensive guards and offensive tackles. So, you know, with some of that stuff, there's a little bit different techniques that you're going to use anytime that it's a 300 pound guy as opposed to a 200 pound guy. So, you know, I think that's probably the biggest difference is just the play in, play out banging that goes on there, so to speak, at linebacker that you don't necessarily have at safety
0: coach the team right now is six and one you guys had a bye this week take us inside what a bye week is like for a
3: defensive coach like you did you get a little bit of rest
0: or was it still just preparation after
3: preparation each day we definitely got some rest um you know we 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 didn't work as late as as we normally would and uh you know we're able to get a jump start on lehigh and and uh you know, kind of dissect what they've been doing, in, you know, in a in a way that you usually don't because you're so pressed to get practice ready and all those things. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of what a bye week is. You get a little chance to refresh, but also to get a jump start on those guys. Coach, let's talk about Lehigh now. The game
0: this Saturday afternoon at 1230. Lehigh, like we're talking about with Coach Mer- Moorhead, struggling a bit this season, but still a team that can run the football with a team with a dynamic quarterback, what are going to be the greatest challenges they pose as an offense to your defense?
3: I think obviously the run game is the primary thing. They do a great job uh, running the football. They, you know, they get in different formations. They they have uh, you know traditional run game where they're going to utilize a fullback, and then they have some one back run game, um, which is more in line with you know what you see a lot nowadays. Um, so they do both those things very well. And then you know in the pass game, what you've got to do is you got to limit the explosives. They have the uh, Pelletier kid. He's a he's really come on. Uh, Great freshman receiver form, very similar to the guys that they've had in the past. Uh, the Kurfis kid and the Spadola kid, very similar to those types of players, and they're looking to get him the ball down the field, and you've just got to limit those opportunities for them uh, so that those don't become big chunk plays for them.
2: And Nick Sysnicki is the guy who's throwing the football to them, and Coach Moorhead was saying that their air attack is pretty good, and they've been known for that air attack, like you were saying, with the wide receivers that have come out of there. Um, No interceptions last week, had a good game. He's been passing well this year. How do you force him to make mistakes? on Sunday I think you know
3: with any quarterback you want to you want to change up coverages on them and and you want to put pressure on them uh with your guys up front and I think you know that that kind of remains true with any quarterback and it's no different with uh this young man you know you want to make him move his feet you don't want to let him be set in the pocket and and you want to give him different looks from the coverage aspect that he might not be expecting and you know those are the type of things that can help create big plays for us
0: Coach Carey, before we let you go, I'm curious. When you look at your defense as a whole, who would you say are a couple of the guys that have been the most surprising this year with the success they've had or maybe just some of the guys you didn't necessarily think at the beginning of the year that would be as impactful as they have so far this
3: season? Ooh, tough question. I mean, obviously, you know, a guy like George Dawson stepping in for Stephen Hodge, you know, has, has made a pretty big impact on our defense. And, you know, he's, he's kind of allowed us to, to go on without a hitch uh, in the step. And then I'd say, you know, The whole defensive line has been very impressive. Um, Those guys have done a great job, and not just the starters, but but all the guys that have been in there getting time. uh, Those guys have done a great job, and they've really allowed us to, uh, to play in the back end. They've gotten pressure on the quarterback. They've knocked offensive lines back and helped us stop the run. So, you know, it's hard to pinpoint one particular guy, but I think, you know, that group of guys are guys that kind of stepped up and and have really uh, made a name for themselves this year
0: and coach taking this conversation one step further how does the defense get to that next level playing at a good pace right now how do you become how do you take the step from a good defense to a great one or an even elite defense in the patriot league where teams are fearing playing the fordham rams week in and week out
3: i think you know with, with the guys that we have it's 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 all the little things it's the small details of the game plan and and as as you can as you, they can start to take ownership of, of, of our defense and, and fine tune those small details, you know then, then they start to make a lot of the plays that you know we're making sometimes now they're making them all the time. Uh, so I think that you know that's probably the biggest part is just getting you know those the little things. Obviously these guys know uh, what we're trying to do in the scheme, but week in and week out you just have things that you fine tune. And as as we get better at those, um, I think you know we'll be an even better defense.
0: Tim Carey, a reason, a major reason why the Fordham defense has turned things around. Coach Carey, thanks so much. Appreciate the time and best of luck this week. Thank you guys.
3: Appreciate you having me on. Thanks.
0: So there we have it, folks. Tim Carey here, breaking it all down defensively on Monday Night Quarterback, along with Kenny Ducey, DJ Sixsmith here, and Kenny, what a difference a couple weeks makes and. Coach Carey, Coach Carey certainly has to be happy about the way his guys have responded and the way the defense has really rallied around one another. You
2: hey, talk about that ball hawking secondary, the pass rush that's been there all year for Brett Biestek, and George Dawson doing a huge job stepping up with Stephen Hodge out now, uh, who was such a huge part of that defense last year. You really just can't say enough about that. and uh, you know Maybe it kind of goes out overlooked considering all the great performances we've seen week to week
0: by the DBs and the linebackers on this team. And it seems like it's a different guy every week, whether it's Ian Williams in the, in the secondary, it's LeVon Williams making plays, and then even last week, no DeFusco, Pinkney's in there, B-Sticks late. I mean, week after week, just seems like everybody's getting involved in the act. Yeah, I
2: mean, defensively and offensively, that's the, the big part about this team is they have so many ways to attack
0: you. So right now we're going to have Denard Pinkney, Sam Ajala come over, our players of the game. We'll go inside the huddle with them. Two of the biggest reasons why Fordham... Just blew out of Penn a couple of weeks ago, 60-22, to 22. and Sam and Denard are with us now. Guys, thanks so much for hopping on, and Denard, let's start with you. Victor DeFusco has been the man in the middle all season long. All of a sudden, he's not able to give it a go, so just take me back a couple of weeks. What you're thinking all of a sudden, I'm the starting guy and i got to step up. Uh, it was it was definitely nerve-wracking when I first uh, found out the news that Vic wasn't going to go,
4: um, but my coach has instilled in me the confidence that you're the next guy in. Coach Moore always says, next guy in mentality. The guy that comes in to replace the starter is supposed to do as good of or better of a job than the guy that he's replacing. So I just went into it with that mentality, and it all sort of just worked out.
2: I got to ask you both, you guys, first and foremost. Mike's huge day: six touchdowns, over yeah. 550 yards. Did, did you did you think that he was capable of this?
4: Mike dever has been showing us since he showed up on campus that he's capable of doing anything he puts his mind to. You know, he uh, he works hard at his craft, and it, it definitely showed dividends on. (laughs)
0: against penn and sam for you i mean you played with mike for a couple years now you've you've caught some touchdowns from him but still you must have been pretty impressed with what he was able to do against pennsylvania
5: yeah i mean 600 yards of offense you don't hear about that every every week so yeah we knew mike could do it he's capable works hard and
0: and how about for you you finally found the end zone last year it seemed like you were living there you had 14 touchdowns and then take me back through that play that 80 yard score that you're able to get all the way to pay dirt?
5: Uh, Actually, that's one of my favorite plays, personally. Uh, Have someone take off the top for me, and I get to come underneath. And they tried to drop a backer far enough, but Mike threw a perfect ball right over him and just raced to the pay dirt.
2: And how nice is it to see Tabucky getting into the end zone so much this year? Coach was talking about that they might be doubling you uh, on offense, and Tabucky's getting open, and he's finding the end zone. I mean, it's, it, considering the year he had last year, it was a really good year, but now he's, he's getting those scores.
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great feeling. Whenever one of my teammates score, it feels like I'm scoring. So for him to be able to do that in Wetzel, I mean, it took me a while. I, I mean, I never got frustrated about it. I knew the end zone would come. So, I mean, I'm happy for Buck. I'm happy for Wetzel. Chase, I'm glad he's doing what he's doing.
0: Well, Sam, we're going to let you enjoy it one more time. We're going to play the highlight here, 80 yards, and we'll talk to you about it in just a moment. But let's hear it right now. Sam Ajala gets the ball at midfield, and then he knows what to do with it going all the way to the house. First and ten for the Rams going from left to right. Four wide receivers set, two to the left and two to the right. Niebuhr takes the snap, drops straight back with some time. Airs it out over the middle. Ajala's wide open across midfield. He's loose at the 30, the 20. Goodbye, Sam Ajala. Touchdown, Fordham, 80 yards to the house. All right, okay, so you catch the ball around the 50-yard line. When do you know you're going all the way? Is it right when you get the ball, or is it a split second maybe after that?
5: I mean, the play really clears out. Um, backside, Wetzel takes the other safety. Marcus takes the boundary safety over me, so literally when I beat the corner and with the covers they were in, it was just catch the ball and don't get caught.
2: Now, Sam, uh, I, I got to ask you, I mean, what's the – do you think that this speed is is some of the best of the patriot like, that you've showcased so far in your career i mean because or do you think that more you're more of a physical receiver at this point
5: oh uh, i mean i try i try to be as balanced as i can be speed i've I've been working on that since I came out of high school that was one thing that I was knocked on so I'm always trying to get better at that but i mean I would say that the speed probably overpowers the power if I had. To.
0: So. I like it. I like it. Comments. Uh, DJ Sixsmith, Kenny Ducey talking with Sam Ajah and Denard Pickney. Denard, you had a play of your own in that game—an interception. Let's take a listen to how that sounded. A key play to stop a Pennsylvania drive in the red zone.
3: Third down and six for Penn Quakers. Move from
0: right to left. Trailing 21 to 10 with the ball on Fordham's 10-yard line. Three wide receivers. Torgerson has it under pressure. It is he throws balls loose and Pickney picks it off. That ball was floated in the air on the far side and it fell right into the loving arms of Denard Pinkney. Another turnover for Penn. Fordham's getting the football back. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that, Denard. Ball was basically floated right into your arms. Just take me back to what that was like for you. Uh, the, the original call, I was supposed to be on the blitz, and
4: the last second, for some reason, I just peeled with the running back <laughs> in. I looked back at the last second, and the ball was right there in front of my face. So, I, if you look at it on the film, it, it kind of looks sort of unathletic with the way I'm like falling back <laughs> when I catch it. But hey, uh, you made the catch! I know, I made the catch, and you know everyone was excited for me. And I was excited just to get the stop right there. You know, it was, it was a huge play for the team.
2: We were talking with coach, or both coaches, about your transition uh, to linebacker. I mean, what was the biggest challenge for you moving positions?
4: Uh, th- there were a few challenges. One was definitely, you know, when you're down the box, it's. It's a different game, you know. It's, it's it's way quicker. It's definitely a lot more physical, and that's something that I'm still working on: is the physicality of being a linebacker as opposed to a safety coming down from ten yards and seeing everything open up. While whereas as linebackers, it's sort of in your face as soon as they snap the ball. So I'm definitely adjusting to the speed of the game still, but uh, I'm I'm adjusting, you know, sort of where I feel like I could do a lot better. So. Hopefully, going forward, it'll be a lot easier for him.
0: Now, Denar, the defense has been making great plays all year long, but how about your guy, DeAndre Slate, scooping oh, yeah. up the ball, scoring? I mean, Sam, you must have been pretty impressed with the speed there. You're a speed guy, but still, just both of you. I want to hear what, you, what it was like just watching big old Slate getting into the end zone.
5: I mean, well, first of all, we're all roommates, so he, <laughs> when, when he scored that, he tied the touchdown. he tied with touchdowns in the house, so. That was one thing that I had to change. <laughs> oh, quickly. yeah. I
0: mean, that, that, that couldn't have felt too good for you as a, as a wide receiver trying to score every single game. So you took that personally, of course. I had
5: to. Uh, but, no, Marcus Jones as well, we had, he, he brought it up with Dre scored. He was like, well, we're all tied for touchdowns <laughs> in the house right now. But, no, I was happy for him. That was, that was a real high point for me during the game, watching DeAndre get the score.
4: Yeah, uh, before the game, actually, DeAndre and I were joking about, like, who's going to score first this season. And <laughs> Obviously, being a linebacker, being more of a skill guy, you'd think, yeah, I'm definitely going to get a pick, take it to the house. And then uh, Austin Hancock comes through, huge sack, you know, forced the fumble. And I'm, I'm actually right behind DeAndre. And next thing I see is DeAndre just swoop in and grab the ball <laughs> and take off. And you, I haven't seen DeAndre run that fast in three years. I'm not lying He hasn't <laughs> run that fast in three years. But uh, he scores the touchdown, and I'm just so excited for him. And Like you said, like, we're all roommates. And so we get back to the house, and we're like, man. We're all tired for touchdowns. And then I'm like, no, I'm not. I, I still have got to <laughs> get my own, I still got to right?
0: get one. But
2: Whoever's got more, what is it, dinner's on them? What's the deal there? We're going to figure something out. You guys got to make a
0: bet. Yeah, we're by we're the end of the season, we got to figure something Sam, out. Sam, everybody would have thought at the beginning of the season yeah. this would uh, be you easily, but all, yeah. all of a sudden, We it's weren't going to make the bet in the beginning, but now that <laughs> Sam's kind of <laughs> yeah. going a little slow in his touchdown. Now, since you guys are all living together, I got a question for you. Sam, you're known as King Ajala. When does the name, the King, first? when was it first given to you? How has it sort of grown over the last couple of years here at Fordham?
5: Um, I think it started last year in one of my classes. Uh, my teacher called me Prince because he asked us what do we want to be called, and I just put Prince on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, I got older, so I just took the next
0: The Prince step. turns into the king. The touchdown king. TDK. The touchdown king. <laughs> it sounds pretty good, Kenny. It does.
2: It does. The end zone might have to be your throne. I might <laughs> have to be the, the lair. Sounds great.
0: So, guys, let's talk Lehigh right now. Fordham has never beaten Lehigh at Lehigh. That's something that Coach Moorhead t- takes personally. Denard, let's start with you. From the defensive side of the football, Lehigh can run pretty well. They can pass from here to there. What do you think is going to be the biggest key for you guys on Saturday afternoon?
4: Uh, Saturday is definitely going to come down to execution on our part. Uh, they have a great running back. They have a great O-line, veteran O-line. Um, they run the ball effectively, and they take deep shots, and they can they can stun you real fast. So uh, basically what it comes down to for us is, executing our game plan and coach truly always talks about you know yes we respect every opponent that we play but we've got to have the confidence to know that we can dominate any team that we play and uh with that we know that as long as we execute and do what we're supposed to do we'll be fine
2: and sam i mean for you it's in terms of the offense a lot of the times this year this show has been like half about chase edmonds just the amount of yards <laughs> he's been racking up he only had you only had 100 last oh, week yeah, um <laughs> Like, Do you see him uh, eating a little more against Lehigh, or are you guys thinking maybe it's going to be more of an aerial attack?
5: Uh, I mean, that kid's great. That kid's really good. So, um, I mean, I could see him going for 200, like honestly. I, he, he's capable of doing anything out there. He works hard in practice. So, no, I I don't see it being in it. I mean, we're balanced. We, we still had – I think I, if I was a, I was a yard short, so we would have had two 200-yard receivers last year and a 100 yard back. So I feel we're balanced. Chase can go for 200, 250, and the receivers can still
2: go out there and do their part. Is it kind of scary that he's doing this as a
0: freshman? I mean, you he's, guys seem to be surprised a little trailing? bit, right? I mean, you saw him in training camp, but still over 1,000 yards already. We've only played seven games. He's so young.
5: We saw it early. I know from the first day in sprints, we saw that the kid was going to be something special so we're not surprised at all i mean he works hard and, and hard work pays off so we're not surprised
0: denard i mean going out with him every day in practice the defense has to take it personally i mean this guy's running over all over the entire patriot league but he can't be running over our own defense in, in practice right now we, we sometimes we would take him out to practice and sort of punch his legs
1: and, you know <laughs> you got to slow
4: down out the road but no uh the, the kid is actually is a Unbelievable worker, you know he comes in every day. Coach moorhead mentioned, like like a fifth year senior, like he's been here forever. So Chase Edmond, he absolutely deserves everything that he's got.
0: And Sam, Coach Dupuis, how has he helped you take that next stride as a wide receiver? What specifically have you worked on with him over the last couple of years that's really made you the guy you are today?
5: I mean, he's really helped me with my the mental part of the game. That's been one thing that I can say he's really. Also with Coach moorhead they've helped me been able. I've been able to identify coverages, knowing what I can do pre-snap post-snap to help me be better in doing the physical part of the game so the mental aspect coach dupe is really he's really helped me improve
0: and you're blocking it well it seems like the first couple years that wasn't really your style but now you're laying out blocks i mean how have you been able to adapt that into your game as well
5: uh just it's a one thing i even in high school I, i got benched my my sophomore year for not blocking so it's a one thing you just have to go out there and want to do it and and just make it, make it work. Now guys, I'll,
2: I'll, I'll go. I'll start with Denard. Um, this game coming up, you guys have four Patriot League games coming up. You're 2-0 in conference. Um, what would it mean to you guys to win this Patriot League title? And how motivated are you guys? I mean, Coach was talking about before the season, it was one of your, your main goals, but how cool would it be to, to get that Patriot League championship?
4: The Patriot League championship pretty much means everything to our team right now. We know each game we have to go out and execute every single game. So. Lehigh to Bucknell to, you know, the rest of them, you know, it's just one-game playoffs. And we know once we win the Patriot League, we're going to have to automatic big into the playoffs, which is one of our goals also. So we just got to take it one game at a time, execute, and do
0: what we do. And, guys, finally, the one thing we haven't talked about is the bye week. How great was it to just relax for a week and have a Saturday where you weren't playing football?
5: Oh, I loved it. I mean, you always want – we went seven weeks straight from camp, so you always need that break. To just let your body relax, let your mind relax, and Coach Moore had told us four things to do during the week, and I feel like the whole team did it, and now we're ready to for the stretch.
2: You guys watch any college football on on Saturday? Oh, watched a lot of, course, of college football. Of
4: course. Florida State, Notre Dame game was. That was crazy. You think
2: Oklahoma could use Mike Morando
0: out there? <laughs> they can't have him. They can't. Have him. No. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's well, he's that's an boy. interesting point because Mike Morando. You guys had Pat Murray, Mike Morando now, and Morando is as solid as it gets. When you look around, whether it's there's bad or kickers, players, there are some there. bad kickers. So just oh, yeah. describe how important it is to have a guy like that on your team. Oh, we oh. oh, got it. I Go got for it, it Oh right. uh, yeah,
4: Coach Moore always talks about all special teams being a third of the game, and it's it's honestly it's so important and people overlook it all the time so when you have a person like Mike Mirando and Joey Pavlik who can punt the ball 50 yards at any time you know it's, it's so essential for us and it, it definitely pays dividends on Saturdays. I mean
5: it helps out a lot because I mean every time offense gets down there and they get stoned you see some kickers just shank a 20-yard a 20, field, a 20 yard field goal and to know that we have automatic three points when we get that close is just, it's just it's a rewarding feeling.
0: Alright guys, final question for each of you. Denard will start with you. One thing you need to do personally to make sure your team is in a position to win on Saturday. Personally
4: play a lot more physical than I did at Penn and make a lot of plays. I'm just gonna try to go out there yeah, and have ten a lot of fun. tackles yeah. against Penn, yeah, so you can you, play even more physical than that? I think yeah, we'd be that's excited the thing, to like thing. We can play a lot better than we show you know on film and in, mm. in the stat book. Like we can we can be a very, very dominant defense, and we're going to try and show that on Saturday.
0: The that book's not too bad either. No. Nah. And Sam, you expect a lot of yourself. What's one thing you take personally into Saturday's game that I can do this a little bit better and it will help my team win?
5: Oh, uh, I mean, first of all, anything I have to do for us to win, period, if I have to take on double coverage, because if, if that's what they want to do, I think last year I scored three touchdowns on them. So, I don't know. <laughs> not they, that we're counting or not, anything. <laughs> not that we're counting. So, if I mean, I don't know. If it gets to that point and – they roll the coverage. I'm, I'm going to do everything to get Wetzel and Buck open, do everything to block for Chase. So, whatever I have to do for, to make sure we get a victory.
0: There you have it, folks. Denard Pinkney, Sam Ajala. Guys, thanks so much for joining us and best of luck the rest thanks, of the way. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All
0: right. So, these guys are going to go enjoy some well earned food here Can't at wait Applebee's. For these appetizers. They're appetizers. Be delicious. are going to be great. We appreciate Sam Ajala and Denard Pinkney joining us here on Monday Night Quarterback. And, Kenny, before we wrap things up here, let's get to your final thoughts and what Fordham needs to do to pull out a W for the first time ever at Goodman Stadium?
2: Well, I mean, it's scary, you know, considering Denard just tells us that, you know, they're, they can be a lot more effective than they are in the stat book, and we saw a domination almost against Penn, 22 points. They allowed uh, just three in that second half. They were so good, and the fact that they can get better from this, and offensively as well, so many weapons. Uh, they can get Sam in, in the end zone a little more. They can get Dan Light scoring with, like he had last week. He had a score. I mean, it's I think that really to... Everything has to work. Like Coach was saying, or, or Coach uh, Carey was saying, one thing goes wrong on defense, then it, it's kind of a domino effect. Multiple things can go wrong. So everyone going out there, just doing the small things, doing their part uh, to get this win, I think that it, the, the machine will continue to run the way it has uh, all year.
0: Fordham Rams 6-1, and one, looking to keep things rolling as they are 2-0 and oh in the Patriot League and going for win number three on Saturday afternoon against the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. So that will do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks to the head coach, Joe Moorhead, for joining us. Defensive backs coach, Tim Carey. Wide receiver, Sam Ajala. And linebacker, Denard Pinkney. Next Monday, another edition of Monday Night Quarterback. We'll take a look back at the Lehigh game and a look ahead at the Colgate game. As Fordham Rams return on home to Jack Coffee Field, we'll have the X's and O's segment with one of the coaches, and we'll go inside the huddle with the stars of the game. So until that time, for my partner Kenny Ducey, supervising producer Merrill Servan, producer Sean Hayner, and engineer Brendan Bowers, this is DJ Sixsmith. Have a great week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is an exclusive presentation of WFUV Sports.